We all good? Yeah, I said go ahead. You're supposed to go five, four, three. (laughs) Five, four, three, two. Oh, you don't say the two or the one. You don't say the one. (laughs) Oh, son of a fucking amateurs. God damn. Here we are, uh, Punk Rock Cops, the series, episode three, here with Carlos and Robin. We are uh, been going at it for three episodes now, so that means we've been together a little over a month, which is longer than the careers of most hardcore bands. So it's pretty awesome that we're here. What's up, guys? What's happening? How's it going, hardcore kids? So hardcore kids, today we are talking about hardcore kids. Uh, specifically, we're talking about youth crew bands, straight edge bands, and that style of music from that time uh what are you guys thoughts it's one of my favorite periods in hardcore i I love youth crew i love the positivity it just gets you in the mood you know i was actually more of a fan of like the hard line like in your face straight edge like that always appealed more to me even though i was never straight edge right so for those out there that don't know what straight edge is because i'm sure there is a portion of our listeners that don't know what straight edge is it's a a lifestyle it's supposed to be a lifestyle that is no drinking no drugs no promiscuous sex and then there's other things that people have added throughout the years originally coined by ian mckay and minor threat it's kind of i don't think he was real happy about uh the movement later than him but it's a very big part of my life i wasn't straight edge until uh i was 21 which is hilarious considering most people are straight edge through their teen years and they turn 21 and they forget what it means so uh let's talk a little bit about being straight edge or, or not straight edge and how that's affected uh our careers as cops i guess when i grew up with a lot of straight edge friends and so that was always nice uh having a designated driver around but like anything else as soon as they became 21 they all fell off on their own and that was the kind of running joke that we had in our group of friends it's like in the end i'll be straight edge and none of you guys will be straight edge and off the top thinking about that tight group of friends that i had i I think one of them is the only one that's still straight edge and he's a cop too. Uh, but other than that, we've lost several on the way. So I'm not just edge yet, but I am participating in sober <laughs> October. So no booze for me. This one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, you know, straight edge was really important to me um, when I first got into hardcore and everything. And I was straight edge from like age set. 17 or 18 and then I broke my edge when I was like I don't know 23 or 24 um and then I kind of went back to it I mean I don't call myself straight edge but I don't drink or smoke or anything so I I don't like to label myself especially since I you know broke the edge there but yeah I mean I I still kind of adhere to a lot of it um but I did my share fair share of partying and whatnot you know up until I guess so 24 ish to like 35 I think it was like I stopped after I got pregnant with my third kid I mean, and to be clear, you weren't partying when you were pregnant with the three kids, right? No, no, I was, I was, I was straight edge during my pregnancies, but no, I'm saying like, once I got pregnant with my third kid, I just never, after I had her, I didn't really pick up drinking or anything again. So it's awesome. I, uh, I kind of grew up in a home that, uh, drugs and alcohol were a regular thing and a neighborhood I grew up in was kind of like that as well. So a lot of the people that I grew up with were kind of in and out of jail throughout my early adult life and things like that. I, I lost uh, a lot of my close friends to drug addiction and things like that. I, you know, of course, like everybody, I tried weed when I was like 13 or whatever. And then I was just never really into that drug scene because I saw what it did to my family and my close friends. And I, my biggest thing was I was a cigarette smoker, which is disgusting. I know, but I smoked until I was 21 and I, I didn't drink or anything, but, uh, 
I finally quit smoking cigarettes when I was 21. And it was, uh, when my first child was born, he had a, a lung problem. And I was like, man, he doesn't need this crap. So I, I took the edge hard and I, I you know, I was a front man for a lot of very militant straight edge bands, which, uh, kind of alienated some people, but it also made me a lot of friends. And I had, uh, uh, one of the, a couple of the bands had a pretty good following in the edge scene. And it was kind of cool, like to play all over the place. And you always like kind of have this group of people. And then, you know, you got your typical like jock straight edge dudes that are like hardliners that want to fight everybody. But then I also met some really cool, like down to earth, like super sociable, like straight edge people that were just about the lifestyle and they didn't care about, you know, beating up people that smoke and things like that. And, uh, looking back, I was probably a little too militant at times. I definitely, there was a friend of mine that broke edge. And of course I still love the guy. We're still very good friends and he plays drums in my band currently. And uh, when he decided that he wasn't going to be straight edge anymore, he was terrified. He thought that I was going to, his exact words are like, Roger's going to kick me in the throat. And like, and I'm not a violent guy, so I don't know why he thought that, but maybe the lyrics of my songs were a little violent and and then I don't know if you guys remember, say, like, uh, it was like 2006, 2007, but National Geographic came out with, like, Gangland or something like that. And they, they did a biopic on... It was FSU, right? Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if it was FSU, but it was Straight Edge Gangs in Salt Lake City. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Straight Edge Gangs in quotation marks. But uh, they followed a cop around in the documentary who, who said he used to be Straight Edge and he had to get all his edge tattoos covered up to become a cop and I actually I kind of worried about that when I decided to get into law enforcement I'm like are people going to think this is gang related because obviously it's not you know as far as I'm concerned I guess there was uh probably some small little groups of hardcore kids in places that are probably not even edge anymore anyway but they kind of picked it up just like kids pick up anything and kind of run with it yeah I think having that hardline stance like I can't relate on the straight edge side of it but definitely on the vegan side like I've been vegan since 2008 and I'd say for those first three or four years you're just like if you eat meat don't even fucking talk to me don't look at me I don't want <laughs> to do with you just taking and that just that kind of like looking back now on it it's so fucking cringe and now when I see like typically newer vegans that have that attitude it just like totally turns me off and like makes me embarrassed to be associated with them like at work, I used to, you know, always eat by myself. I didn't want to eat with anybody. And then now I'll go to like, I'll get food to go and go meet somebody up at like a barbecue joint and like just walk in on duty with my food. And we all sit down and eat like, like it smells good to me, but just the idea of like ever eating meat again, like still totally turns me off. And I'm uh, kind and, of Right. And the edge things the same way I wouldn't go to, I would not dream of stepping into a bar. Mm-hmm. you know, for the longest time. And now I just, uh, you know, I'll go with my friends, I'll go out and have, uh, you know, a Coke or whatever while they're doing whatever. And I'm actually happy to be there because I can drive them home. and I know they're getting home safe. So, you yeah, know, exactly. that nobody ever really gives me a hard time about it, except for I'm sure both of you guys know, being a police officer, it's kind of like, you're like this strange unicorn that doesn't drink or you don't party because a lot of cops drink a lot. And so when you're like the one guy, I had a guy that told me he was like, because for a long time, I was trying not to curse as well. I, I went a whole year without <laughs> saying any curse words. And, and to be honest, I couldn't fucking think of anything to say. But, so this guy that I worked with as a police officer, he looked at me, he's like, you don't cuss, you don't drink, you don't eat meat. What do you do for like, fun? I would kill myself. I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. He just didn't get it, you know. Yeah, like, I think that was one of the things um, in in my hardcore scene, that there's just so many militant, straight edge vegan kids, that like, if I took an ibuprofen for a headache, um, I wasn't edge. Or if I um, took a Pepsi, not edge. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. If anything, like, eat a piece of chocolate, you're not edge. Cause there's caffeine and chocolate. I was like, and so it, it just really started to turn me off the whole idea. And I think that was one of the reasons why I was like, screw this. If this is going to be, you know, the standard of like, Oh, you can't be straight edge unless you're, you know, free of everything. Like and, and that's impossible in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um, that's, that's my opinion, but 
it, it just got to a point where you weren't cool enough. Like you weren't straight edge enough to, mm-hmm. you know, be a part of it. So I was like, screw this. I'm, I'm, I'm moving and <laughs> just saying, the city you, I live in now. If you're not now, you never were guys. Sorry. Just saying. I guess. So <laughs> I guess I never was. Well, I think so, Tickin yeah. took that hard stance for somebody who's like kind of looking interested in it or kind of dabbling in it. And they see like, oh man, like that's how strict you have to be. That like turns people off. Right. Of, right. Kind of, at least with, obviously with veganism, you can kind of, you know, take it little by little. Like the last thing to go for me was, you know, dairy. So I just, it, it actually happened by accident. Like I remember my girlfriend at the time, she was vegetarian when we started dating and I was able to get her to eat meat again. And then fast forward three or four years later, I went vegan and she was like, make up your fucking mind, please. What a jerk, man. You're like, hey, you're vegetarian, but go ahead and eat this steak. Come on. So (laughs) So I I mean, even like the guys that, and I'm paraphrasing here, so I'm not, I don't know exactly, but just looking back on things that I've read over the years, I know like Ian McKay was not real happy with, you know, the hardline straight edge movement from what I understand. And, I, and I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth, but even if you listen to the the lyrics to out of step, and then he did like that second version of out of step where he's like, listen, this is no set of rules. You know, I'm, I'm just talking about three things that I, I don't happen to identify with, whether it's fucking or playing golf, you know, and, and he kind of goes <laughs> through that whole thing, which I wonder if Ian plays golf these days. Cause I mean, a lot of people play golf. I don't, but he, I fucking hate like golf. <laughs> Alice Cooper plays golf. Come on. The, uh, I mean, I think that the guys, you know, I think at that time, and like I said, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but the way I feel about it was maybe they saw, it was like a reaction to the things they saw. They saw these drunk punk, punks going around and, and, you know, harming themselves and, and not being very positive and, and doing very positive things. And they kind of like, Hey, we're just here for the music you know, so we don't need the alcohol and we don't need the drugs. And I think that's kind of where it started. And I think some of those guys have kind of come out and said, yeah, dude, I mean, you know, we never said that you, you know, you can't have a cup of coffee or something, you know, it's not a set of rules, like, like they said, but that's just my opinion of it. And like, am I ever going to touch alcohol or, or any drug? No. If I, if I have to take medication, cause my doctor prescribes it, I will probably take it, but I'm just weird about that anyway. Cause I don't, I don't like, I'm like that dude on SLC punk, man. I'm like chemicals, man, they'll fuck you up. You know, I, I just, that's just my mindset all the time. But what was like, I guess for you guys, the first, the first straight edge band that I heard that I knew was a straight edge band was uh, I think I told you guys, I had a, a tape that some guy at the fair gave me. I worked in a haunted house in the fair and the guy gave me a copy of a blank tape and it had gorilla biscuits, uh, the EP and start today on one side. And it had Strife. I don't remember which album it was, but that was the first, my first experience into that. And then I had a friend who was like super edge guy, big X tattooed on his Adam's apple and stuff like that. And he kind of got me, introduced me to some other stuff. Where where were you guys kind of, what's the first stuff you guys heard? I think off the top, definitely a minor threat. Like I said, that was a core memory. I remember exactly where I was on I-95 and my friend Scott's red Dodge Neon just flipping through his giant CD book that he kept all his albums in. And I was like, what's this, you know, the, what's the, the bottled violence logo on the CD and just throwing that shit in, just like having my fucking mind blown. I know we had a lot of straight edge bands in South Florida, you know, seeing morning again and all those guys. So definitely the influence is always there. We had a huge kind of straight edge, hardcore, like oi punk scene. Sky really never went too big in South Florida, thankfully, uh, even though that was kind of my first introduction, you know, getting me to like, I went from like hip hop to ska to punk. And that was a smooth transition right into hardcore. And I've, I've kind of been stuck on hardcore ever since I'll, I'll listen to punk every now and then to kind of feel nostalgic, but more often than not, it's either hardcore or hip hop. That's what I'm listening to. Yeah. For me, um, I think the first straight edge band that I heard was, through uh one of my best friends one of my best hardcore friends um youth of today but you know kind of went hand in hand it was just like youth of today gorilla biscuits minor threat those were like the three that you know i i was introduced to um and then we kind of got into well she kind of introduced me to uh I think tenured fight was like 
and I just fell in love. Like, I was like, this band is the greatest. Um, and I was actually lucky. I think it was 2000 that, um, we went to, we specifically wanted to go to edge day 2000 and it was in Haverhill, Haverhill mass. I don't even know if, sorry, if any Massachusetts people are listening, I think it's Haverhill, I think the R is like soft anyways. Um, and they're, (laughs) (laughs) they're, so they're, um, hosting edge day 2000 and it was, in my eyes, their last show, and then Tenured Fight Reunion. And you can look it up. It's on YouTube, and you can actually see the back of my head in that video. But there's a video um, where Tenured Fight's about to play, and the place just goes fucking insane. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into. A little girl from the mountains. I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it was like one of the best shows of my life. So that was how I got introduced to a lot of the straight edge stuff that I still love today. Like I'll never forget going to see Youth of Today for the first time. And I don't remember what the deal was with Ray. I guess he broke edge or something. I don't remember. But all the kids were pissed off that they were there making money, singing all their old straight edge shit when they're not straight edge anymore. And so the set began and everyone stood in line with their backs to the stage with their X's over their heads, with their middle fingers up to the, to the, uh, to the group. And I think they probably did that for about two or three songs. And then they played break down the walls. And I think everybody else in the crowd got sick of them. And so we literally just like gang rushed and like literally broke down the wall of wow. kids in there with their, with That's their backs. Awesome. To, to so I, I don't know if, uh, I don't know the whole story on that whole Ray Capo thing, but uh, I know that, I I read an interview where he was just like, he was in like Italy or something in the wine country and took a, had a glass of wine and everybody lost their minds over it or something. And it was like no big deal. Um, And like I said, this is just my old man memory, remembering what I've read on in fanzines and stuff over the years. But I, I think he read, you know, he was kind of tired of, you know, Gita thumping Hare Krishna's and, uh, and straight edge kids just kind of tell him how to live his life when he's just a, a normal human being. And actually uh, a band I used to play with from time to time when we would uh, be on the road was looking forward and they're a really good edge band, but they had a song called, uh, I think it was called who cares if Ray Capo sold out. And I don't know if you can find that <laughs> album anywhere. It's uh, a Hoy crew members, I believe is the name of that album, but it's, I think it's out of print. And actually I, I mailed my copy to a good friend of mine when, uh, well, to our buddy, Mike, when he was injured in a car accident and it's worth like a couple hundred bucks. So I hope he hangs on to that. But uh, the, the lyrics are like, they talked about like some bands where people allegedly sold out, I guess, like Strife and, and Youth of Today and stuff. And like the lyrics are like, I don't care if Ray Capo sold out, Youth of Today didn't make me who I am. And I think that's, I think that's a good point because I mean, whether or not these people made this personal decision to to do whatever they want, it shouldn't affect you personally. You know, it's not, it's not anything. And to all the kids that were standing there with their backs to the band at the fucking show, I mean, you paid your 20 bucks anyway. So joke's on you. You know what I mean? It was like in 2002. So it was probably one of those all age $5 shows that are non-existent anymore. Right. Which I saw, I've seen Youth of Today once. Um, I know Robin, you're going to see him soon. Yes. Which, next month. Yeah. And I've seen, uh, I got to see Gorilla Biscuits at the Rev 25 show and I about broke my damn neck. And that was, one of the best experiences of my life although I don't think I've ever recovered from that like I've had (laughs) lifelong neck pain since this big fat fuck jumped on my head but uh that was during it wasn't during Gorilla Biscuits it was down to nothing I I believe is who played and their crowd was just freaking wild young dudes like wearing flannel with beards I don't know it's (laughs) but they were they were they were a great band but yeah I got head walked about 47 times because I'm not a very tall guy Yes, I'll never forget seeing Earth Crisis the very first time. I I found out what a walking on water was, and I literally watched this guy walk on top of everybody's heads from one side of the crowd to the other. It was amazing. Have you seen Earth Crisis, Robin? No. um, Well, actually, no. No, I haven't. I thought I saw them maybe at Furnace Fest one year. I feel like I have, but... 
some of those furnace fests blend together because there are so many amazing bands. So I'm not, I, I don't, I think I would have remembered if I have, I don't think I have. How many times have you seen them, Carlos? Gosh, at least three or four times. I think my very first hardcore show was Earth Crisis, Madball, oh. fuck, uh, Crown of Thorns, I think. I don't remember. That's both, you, seen... both of you seen Crown of Thorns, and I have not. <laughs> <laughs> I was Earth. not that impressed. Mm-hmm. I love them. I love them. They, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I said uh, last episode, the the singer he was very uh entertaining and stuff but he had like a really gross like sweater on and his hair was crazy like it looked like it hadn't been washed in like probably two weeks at least hmm. i'm just saying it it wasn't <laughs> that's, that's i felt punk rock though i feel like well he's like isn't he like 50 i don't know i still don't wash my really <laughs> well it's because you don't have any yeah, well, you know, I've seen Earth Crisis one time and it was with uh, it was when I can't remember the name of the album. It was the one probably in 2008. It had like uh, Talon's Terror or something like that on it. Do you remember what that album is called? Jeez, ah, it was you remember Two Ashes? The song about burning down the meth labs and all that stuff. That all just kind of blends in together. Um let me see. I will tell you the name of the album. Total War. No, that's the name of the song. It was like, Neutralize the Threat. So it was 2011 when I saw him. Neutra- Neutralize the Threat had just come out. And Earth Crisis is like one of those bands that can play with anybody because they're like metal course. So they can play with like the hardcore or, or the metal bands. And they were actually opening for OTEP, which I had never mm-hmm. heard before. And apparently everybody except me and my buddy Marty was there for OTEP and we were there for Earth Crisis. So like uh, all the, we're singing Gamora's seasons in and just screaming, I am straight edge, you know, and like everybody's looking at us like, what the fuck? You know, what is this band you guys are singing to? We've never heard them. So it was kind of weird. And then of course when OTEP played, the crowd went crazy. But uh, I got to meet Carl. He was a very nice guy. He signed my record for me. So uh was he wearing pretty, his headband? He was definitely wearing a bandana. <laughs> uh, and it was everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> so so that, that was cool. Your first hardcore show, Carlos, you said was Earth Crisis. Yeah, Earth Crisis and Madball. Okay, damn, that's that's pretty wild. What was mm-hmm. yours, Robin? Um, I think it was Stretch Armstrong. Yes. That'd be a good one. Florida. Yeah, they were they are amazing alive. Um, one of the best um bands that just the energy with them is amazing but it was 99 when i saw them and i think rituals of life had just came out which is my favorite album by them um it has like second chances that's one of the most popular songs but they're still they still uh play shows and they're just like total like dad dad hardcore that's awesome. Are they, are they from South Carolina, actually? Is that where they're from? Yeah, I think it's I Columbia. Think, yeah. Okay. I was thinking Florida, but then I was like, okay. So I've got, I have all my old flyers. Like, I'm like the scene doc. Like, I have every single flyer saved and all scanned on my computer. So I'm kind of like looking up the flyers here on the side because I'm like, I know I've got that one. April 30th, 1998. Earth Crisis, Hate Breed, Madball, and Scarhead. Oh Jesus. my God! How'd you, how did you? Show. How did you live through that? I know. And how did you? Even, uh, yeah, like, someone had. How like at least five people had to have been killed at that show, <laughs> at least. And this so, place was tiny. or stabbed something. So my first. So I don't know if this counts. My first hardcore show, like that's not that wasn't a local show, was probably H two O. It was H two O with uh, Marky Ramone and the Intruders and the misfits and at that point i had no idea who h2o was i was going for the uh the misfits uh 20th anniversary or whatever it was like 1997 and it was the american psycho tour and let me tell you it was one of the coolest things i've ever seen i was like they were so freaking loud which working with them in later years i know that they like their uh their volume to be like i don't know like 
120 decibels at the console, Jeez. which is like a jet engine. So it's it's no wonder. But we I saw them up in a in a theater, and pieces of the ceiling were falling off because they were so damn loud that it was falling off. But H two O, I think that might have been one of their first like bigger tours or no it was it was a tour for uh thicker than water because that's actually how i found out about it because they released that on epitaph and i was at the local record store and i saw the flyer with the big sacred heart and i'm like oh cool what's this and i, I was like oh shit the misfits are playing this marky ramon let's let's go see this you know and, and we went and it was just like the coolest thing i've ever seen and it's funny i, I ran into toby you know 20 some odd years later and i was kind of like Hey man, you guys were kind of my first big show, and he he remembered the show. He's like, "Oh yeah, that was cool, man. We, we this happened." And then I'm like, "How do you you know, you've played thousands of shows? How, how do you remember that?" And so I, I guess H2O kind of stuck with me, and that was like my first hardcore band. Uh, other than that, like I think shortly after like the big victory explosion, I went and saw One King Down with Shutdown, which was a pretty cool show. Oh, except for that would have been great there was literally seven people in the crowd. So it was like, it was cool. They were amazing, but like, I guess the place that we saw them didn't promote it or they just didn't know who they were. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess we we're talking about straight edge bands and posi bands and hardcore bands. And since I brought up H2O, I'm guessing you guys are both also like humongoid fans. I mean, oh, I love H2O. I do too. Like one of my top hardcore bands. I think I think they probably are the top for me. I mean, you know, it's funny. People argue like, you know, I, I saw Toby had posted the other day. He posted some stuff from Go and he's like, I'm finally starting to like this album. I'm like, I saw that, <laughs> I saw that too. <laughs> and, and I was like, dude, I loved that album when it came out. But they did get they, they caught a lot of shit for that album because it was on was it on MCA, I think. And uh, it was like their major label release. And actually, I have it. I wish I could just like show you guys all my records so I could show off all this cool stuff that I have, but we don't have, have much a, time. Yeah. I have a shit ton of H2O records, but I think I, I love every record that they've ever put out. They're all good. And even uh, the last one, uh, use, use your voice wasn't my favorite, but it still had a lot of good songs on it. And, and seeing them live is just a freaking experience, man. So all you out there in listener land, if you've never seen them, they're still touring and these guys, uh, super cool i mean they're they're always down to earth i saw them uh they signed records for me i i uh got to hang out with toby once and we ate some vegan donuts so that was cool um a friend of ours uh nako he's he's pretty close i think we're gonna have him on the show here in the near near future that'd be dope to me it was always weird having or meeting somebody who was straight edge but wasn't vegan it was like how can you be like i can understand being vegan and not straight edge but i could never understand somebody who was straight edge and wasn't vegan like all right you don't want to put all this poison in your body and yet you're putting all this fucking poison in your body that so that was always kind of funny a little funny observation i used to make when i'd come across somebody who was straight edge but like was turned off by the idea of veganism because it was too fucking crazy see and i'm, I'm the opposite i always see these vegans that are like major alcoholics and smoke and stuff <laughs> i'm like you guys i mean obviously you're in it for the animal's health i get or the animal's not your health so mm-hmm. I remember back when I first moved to Texas, obviously moved here not knowing anybody. And there was like a, a vegan meetup social thing, which if you know anything about me, I'm super fucking antisocial, uh, which is weird being a public servant, uh, hating people. But I uh, decided to go to this vegan meetup thing at this bar downtown, mainly because it was next to Arlo's. So any, any excuse to go to Arlo's, but you'd see all these people like walking around, like smoking cigarettes and stuff. And I'm like, that's weird. Don't they test those on animals? Like, <laughs> define irony so how did they test those they like hand them to some chimpanzees and like they see which ones they like it the to a fucking beagle's mouth or something <laughs> so so carlos made a early 80s or was it early 80s versus late 80s straight edge bracket i'm not taking the credit for it because i totally ripped it off whatever that instagram that true till death uh instagram page is but it has a late 80s versus i'm uh, sorry early 80s versus late 80s straight edge uh kind of college basketball style bracket all right and i guess we'll, we'll post that up on on the instagram if it already hasn't been posted done okay well listener yeah be, without be aware. without yeah. uh yeah without any consultation from your other two hosts here you <laughs> just an executive decided decision. you decided <laughs> for all of us who the top straight edge band was from the 80s yeah, it's judge 
No, it's not. <laughs> no matter how you slice this fucking pie, whichever way you want to go with it, I'm, and I'm curious on your guys' take on it. But so, so my take on it is I understand why you pick Judge because they're amazing. But if you look at most of these bands in the late 80s, like right. let's, most let of the them... listeners know who's on the bracket in case they don't have anything to wrap up. Okay, so, so we got Youth of Today, Uniform Choice, Bold, Gorilla Biscuits, Instead, Chain of Strength, Judge, and No for an Answer for the late 80s band. For the early 80s bands, we have Minor Threat, Teen Idols, SSD, DYS, Abused, Faith, Seven Seconds, and SOA, which just looking at this, it's kind of weird that all the early 80s bands had like acronyms. That's kind of weird. <laughs> but and they're all from fucking DC, so props to fucking DC. Right, right. So, <laughs> so Carlos brought it down. I won't break it all the way down, but he brought it down to judge. All I'm going to say, and I'll let Robin say her piece on this as well, but I've said before that a lot of these rev bands, like one can't exist without the other. And if you look, most of these bands, like are a good majority of these late 80s straight edge bands have John Porcelli in the band. So like that dude is like the music maker for late 80s hardcore. I mean, it, that's just how it is. And you didn't even add his band on here, uh, Project X. I didn't make the fucking bracket. <laughs> <laughs> I ripped it off somebody else. <laughs> so uh, he picked Judge as the clear winner for the late 80s. And Minor Threat as the clear winner for the early 80s was Judge coming out on top. It was tough picking Judge over Minor Threat, but I had to do it. It had to be done. Um, I just have to say, I mean, I pretty much agree with Minor Threat being the top from the early 80s. I mean, seven seconds is a close second, in my opinion. Seven seconds, close second. Um, But yeah, no, I agree with that side. Um, However... I do not agree that you picked bold over Gorilla Biscuits. Like what the fuck over? I mean, I love bold. Don't get me wrong. I love bold, but I I would not pick bold over Gorilla Biscuits. Um, And I love judge. I mean, Mike judge is just that his voice is very distinct, but I, I just can't love judge more than i love youth of today so youth of today would be my winner on the right side there the, the late 80s straight edge but i do love um i do love judge i just can't i can't raise voice over mics i'm sorry yeah so my my final four was minor threat in seven seconds in the early 80s and then youth of today against judge for the late 80s so I think this is a solid top four right there. So yeah. maybe, but I feel like Gorilla Biscuits. <laughs> so Gorilla Biscuits is more than a hardcore band. First of all, like they're just like, so they have like such good, like pop sensibilities. They're not just like your regular, like dun, 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 dun. Like they actually, like you can hear, like, I think Walter wrote a lot of those songs and it's just like, the music is just so, so good. And I remember we had a band, my very first band, we covered Big Mouth, and I loved that song. And it was pretty simple to play, but we we tried to cover uh, Time Flies, and we're like, holy shit, this song is really hard for a hardcore song. There's like a lot of cool stuff happening in here. And I, I think my issue with uh, the bracket is, in my opinion, the clear winner, and you guys may disagree with me, but it's going to have to be overall is seven seconds. And the the reason being is 90% of these other bands on here have an EP and a full length. And that's just about it. Or like a bunch of seven inches. And with the exception of Youth of Today, I believe they had, what, four albums maybe? And if you put Shelter in there, you know, you can add a bunch more. And Shelter <laughs> is superior. We'll, we'll talk about that later. But but Seven Seconds has put out so many albums. That's and, true. They're, and they're still around. And if you listen mm-hmm. to... Uh, Scream Real Loud Live, that album that came out on Side One Dummy, I think it was probably in 98 or 99. That album is just so full of like kick-ass, like youth crew energy. And and Seven Seconds is kind of poppy as well. They kind of have that kind of thing going on that Gorilla Biscuits had where they can, I don't know, they're, they're not they're not going around singing about how fucking tough they are, you know, and they're, they're singing about, you know, some actual feelings and stuff, which I will grant it to Mike Judge. Like he he hit the nail on the head with some of those songs. Like, uh, what's the lyric? The thought of someone else is much too much. 
and friendship means you're just beyond my touch. That's like, that's like, man, you, you hear that when you're a, a teenage boy and you're like, man, judge, judge has some feelings, you know, even though we're in the fields, Mike. Yeah. But uh, I think seven, he was, he was battling a lot of demons too. Like if you, you know, if you, um, sorry to interrupt, by the way, if you watch the judge documentary, like he really discusses like his fighting those demons. Um, so anyway, sorry. I know he was a hell's angel at one point. And I know I've seen the documentary on noisy. Did he ever touch on being 81? Was, was he actually a hell's angel or he I'm was like, like a 99% sure he was a, like, a or was he just like, was he just affiliate, like kind of loosely affiliated though? Uh, I've I've heard both. I've, I've nothing obviously concrete, but I'm fairly certain, if I remember reading it right, that he was a full patched up 81. Huh. We should oh, we wow. should ask him about it. Like maybe he'll talk to us. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Hey, Mike, you want to be on our police podcast? Ooh, I mean, yeah. he, he's a pretty cool guy. Did you ever listen to uh, the Mike Judge and Old Smoke? I never I never actually listened to that. I always saw it pop up like in the uh, the like record catalogs and stuff, and like. And I just now recently listened to the Ray and Porcel seven inch. I guess them after Youth of Today, they kind of did a little album of a couple of songs. It's interesting. See, but, like uh, I'm a creature of habit. I find something I like and I stick with it, and I don't really get that adventurous. Like I know Seven Seconds is a huge catalog of music, and for me, I know the crew like backwards and forwards, inside and out. And I don't think I maybe have heard one or two songs there, but I've always kind of gone back to what I love. But going back to that bracket for why picking bold over Gorilla Biscuits was such an easy choice for me, and I hate to admit it because they're such a huge monumental band, I just never uh, really got into them that much. Was was Gorilla Biscuits? I know it's oh my gosh, you're you're, you're breaking my heart. I know uh, that that does it breaks my heart too because I mean, Siv just his voice, and he had that like that almost like teenage squeak in his voice and I just I love it and then and then he you know him and um Sammy and well Walter was part of it even though he didn't actually he wasn't actually in the band but when Siv like I'm talking about no I'm talking about when they started Siv oh the band Siv (laughs) no 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 I'm talking about after um, when they wanted to do something that was a little different after Gorilla Biscuits was over and Walter was, you know, hitting quicksand a lot, but he still wanted to make hardcore music. So he wrote like set your goals pretty much completely and then picked Siv to, you know, to record it and get a band going. So him and Sammy and um, I forgot the other Arthur. Art Arthur, I think. Oh, yeah, um, was was Arthur also in Warzone? Am I correct on that, or am I wrong? Uh, I think at one point. I think everybody was at one point, to be honest. <laughs> it's true, but um, I mean, oh, you got to give it a chance and give Civ a chance. It's such an underrated band, I think even, that. Yeah, yeah, even their second album, uh, Thirteen Day Getaway. I like that. Yes. Album. A lot of I like it like, too. Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, it's too poppy, but I mean, it's it's a great album. I, I think it's really good. It is. Like it's well, so because... hard for me to discover new music because I'm just so stuck in my ways. And, unless somebody comes by and loves, like, listen to this, you fuck. Like at that point, <laughs> like I just so... I need somebody to tell me, like force feed it to me. Otherwise, just so everybody, <laughs> just so everybody knows, I made a, <laughs> a a Spotify playlist called "Listen to This, You Fuck" for Carlos this morning because. He also mentioned there's like seven rancid albums that he missed out on. So, which I couldn't even. I just did, didn't even respond to that because I was so disgusted. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not as cool as you guys. <laughs> the cool thing about Gorilla Biscuits, though, is it's only going to take you like an hour to discover their entire catalog because you get the each which, which is like I don't know, 20 minutes long, and then you got Start Today, which is like I don't know, 30 to 40 minutes long. The EP and, is not is less than twenty minutes. Is it? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's amazing. But I was I was running to high hopes today when I was out on my run. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> felt really good. So now we had talked about uh, kind of sticking with the straight edge thing. Kind of your top five or top three kind of straight edge anthems. I'm kind of curious for your guys's take on, on what you think your list is. 
I'll let you guys go first because I'll probably say the same crap you guys are going to. All right. I was trying to think of the not so common ones. So my list is not going to have any earth crisis on it. Um, so we're talking having... songs, right? The yes. actual songs. Okay. Mm-hmm. So from South Florida, I definitely had to go with 24 by culture. That's a freaking straight edge anthem from back home. And I like the real aggressive kind of in your face style of music. So straight edge in your face by Slapshot is a must. Uh, straight edge revenge project X. That's a classic. Uh, I've always loved SSD like that picture of those kids running down the steps at the Capitol in DC. What's the kids will have their way or whatever. Like that's mm, yeah, icon- yeah, yeah. like, that's just as iconic to me as like the bad brains lightning over the Capitol. Like when I think of like iconic, you know, punk, hardcore, straight edge uh, images in my head, like those kids, you know, running up those steps on the cover of that SSD album uh, is iconic. So Get It Away by SSD. And then, of course, none of those songs would exist without the OG Straight Edge by Minor Threat. That's a really good list. Mine are, I guess, the biggest one, the most popular uh, youth of today thinking straight of course was is a real a real good one um for me and then one of my favorites is uh true till death by chain of strength love that song i was just jamming to that today and then um oh yeah one of the i guess besides stretch armstrong this band was one of the first bands i saw which again that was a super crazy show um i was in california actually saw them at uh the showcase theater in corona california throw down razor fist yes bold nail to the x that's just a classic right there and then um one of my favorites again tenured fight proud to be straight and then um, honorable mention for me is uh, H2O still here, even though H2O is not a straight edge band, Toby straight edge, um, the rest of the band kind of, well, I guess his brother, I think his brother was straight edge for a while. I don't think he is anymore. Is that Todd? Todd, I think. Well, yeah, because he had both his brothers in the band at, in the beginning, right? Uh, I know there was two Todds. There was a Todd Morse and a Todd Friend, but I don't know if uh-huh. those are both of his brothers or not. No, there was, um, it's another T name, his other brother. Anyways, but I, I don't know. So those were my picks. Well, you guys stole most of mine, but um, <laughs> uh, Gamora Season Ends by Earth Crisis, because that that last chorus is just, freaking brutal it's like ah, i am straight edge you know it just <sighs> screams yeah. it out uh i was gonna say firestorm but everybody picks firestorm which if you guys didn't know when that came out there was a bunch of controversy about the seven inch because um they used a clip from the taxi driver and it said some kind of derogatory things about people because it was the 70s and people said things differently back then but look that up if you get a chance um, I would say maybe that song I mentioned by Looking Forward, I don't care, or Who Cares If Ray Cap was sold out. I think it's what it's called. It's a really good song. No disrespect to Ray. I freaking love him, but I think the lyrics to that song are really good. If you guys can find it anywhere, it's good luck. Well, let's see. I was going to say Still Here by H2O, but you stole that from me. So I'll say Here Today, Gone Tomorrow by H2O is a good one. Um, it's going to take me a minute here. I'm going to look at my edge day playlist. You know, did, did anybody mention any judge because uh, bringing it down is oh. a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, you already mentioned project X. I would say chain of strength too deep until now is a great song. I don't know if it's necessarily a, an edge song, but that's my favorite chain of strength song. And I guess to wrap it up, I don't know. There's, there's too many. I, I can't choose very many more, but there's so many good ones. Uh, Blistered by strife is good. And I'm not sure what's the strife song. It's like because of two words, straight edge. And I, I don't remember that song, but um, I know you mentioned Throwdown too, and Forever by Throwdown. If I didn't already say that, mm. that is that is a tough ass song. No reason why by Gorilla Biscuits. 
There's I think it's like so 10. Many. Yeah, I, I keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I figure out, we defer to the straight edge guy in the group to kind of to wrap up the list and pick up yeah. anything we And if, we left if I didn't want to reveal my identity to anybody, I'd give you like five albums that I sang on. But maybe in the future when I'm not working this particular job, I will do that. So we do have the Punk Rock Cops, the series uh, playlist on Spotify. So we'll throw in all our, our, our picks on there. That way anybody can kind of hear what we're talking about. Right. And I guess it's getting close to Halloween. So maybe uh, coming up here before then, we'll have another chat and talk about some spooky punk rock bands if you guys are down with that. And if anybody wants to hear it. Spooky. I think we're doing two episodes a month. So whatever Halloween episode we do will be like Thanksgiving at that point by the time it airs. That's all right. I mean, I, I can't think of any Thanksgiving bands and it's always Ooh. Halloween at my house. So. <laughs> if you guys wanted to, we could just discuss the movie Wolf Cop, which is the best thing that's ever been made. Oh, look at the time. Well, it's, it's <laughs> actually the second best thing that's ever been made behind another Wolf Cop, which is part two and even better. I don't even know what you're talking about. So don't ask. Uh, and for the listeners, I'm, don't save oh yourself God, precious it. minutes of your life. I'm sorry that you have missed out on it, but it's very good. Where's at the bottom of the mask? Why is it just like the upper? Is there a big hole in the bottom of it? Yeah, that's weird. Because when I'm at the bus station wearing this mask, I have to have use of my mouth (laughs) to ask directions on the bus. Mm, Sure. See, I never got into like those like B movies or any of those like cheesy Wolf Cop or Toxic Avenger or any of that. I'll never forget one that we had a show back home back in the day it was called gore fest Hell and yeah. so it was a picture like a it was a hotel in miami beach which why they allowed this for two years in a row is beyond me but it was like a hardcore kid takeover of some hotel in miami beach you know how like they have those like conference halls in hotels it was like that with a stage and a projector and all the project they were just showing like all those cheesy like b movies as like all these like thrash metal and like hardcore bands played underneath. It was fucking insane. That sounds like the best thing that could <laughs> yeah. ever so happen. All ever. the bands stayed in the hotel. So, I mean, it was complete <laughs> chaos and destruction in the first one. I didn't go to the second one, but to everything that went down, I was surprised that they let us come back again the next year. So, jokes on them. That's funny. Speaking of shitty movies and uh straight edge we're gonna (laughs) dive into um a shitty straight edge movie well it's it's straight edge kids versus punk rock kids and it's a movie that was made in what like 99 i think it's 99 late 90s early 2000s by a bunch of seattle kids um called edge of coral coral and so we'll have to do an episode where we discuss the plot of that silly movie because it's hilarious it's you know what though the music in that movie is oh so good yeah yeah botch Botch. yeah murder city devils and i think under uh himza or undertow yeah the star of the show is rocky vitalato and i love his solo stuff it's it's amazing it's it's not hardcore but it's like acoustic folky stuff yeah he's like emo and he plays a hardcore kid which is funny it makes no sense well i mean i'm guessing like he probably just like everybody else probably was a well do you remember do you remember his band waxwing but that was still pretty like indie rock emo have you ever heard that no i didn't know he was in that band yeah he was the singer (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, I can't believe you didn't know that, Roger. Right, finally stumped the guru. Right? I mean, nobody, nobody would like expect me to be playing the mandolin in a country band these days. But that's, you know, I was up there, you know, screaming uh, for a change at one point, and now I'm playing Copperhead Road. <laughs> so it's <laughs> you mean uh, Old Town Road? Yeah, I'm not playing that one. But if you want to do a burnout in your uh, your minivan at Dollar General, I'll play you Copperhead Road on the mandolin. I want like iconic hardcore covers, like acoustic country style hardcore covers from you. Oh, well, that's you know, farmcore. You yes. know that it's happened. You're just trying to get me to do it in front of people. <laughs> I want you to tell the story because the way you tell the story is amazing. Well, I did uh, one time I was really bored and I, I recorded a country version of Hard Times. 
and I sent it to John Joseph. And he's he's a really cool guy. If if you ever get a chance, check him out. I, th- I think his Instagram is uh, John Joseph Discipline. And for those that don't uh, know, he was the singer for the Cro-Mags and is the singer for uh, Blood Clot currently. The but, only singer for the Cro-Mags ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he's a great dude, vegan, triathlete, just super cool dude. But he's always like pretty cool about like, I know he's got a lot of followers, but if I'd send him something, he'd usually be like, hey, what's up, bro? That's cool. And like, we've never met personally, but just kind of would chat back and forth. I sent him this video of me uh, playing hard times, my country version with a cowboy hat on and uh, it was just crickets. <laughs> he never, instantly blocked you. He, no, <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't block me, but it was just, I, I just never even got a response to it. And I wasn't, I was too scared to be like, so what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his silence was deafening. <laughs> That's awesome. But well, that's all I got today, guys. If you guys are good, I'm gonna get the hell out of here. I got band practice in about five minutes. Oh, cool. Okay. Well, I was gonna we were gonna do like a little cop stuff, but oh shoot. Let's do some cop stuff. We got I got some time. Are you sure? I, yeah, is I guess. Band practice in your basement? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so real quick, just to wrap things up, um, we're gonna talk a little shop. And, um, you know, with the whole COVID thing happening and it kind of like screwed up our, our way of policing, I guess, like for a little bit there where, you know, you couldn't really go on too many things. You couldn't be as proactive, at least in my department, you couldn't. Um, but since I am a desk bitch and I was a, I was a detective, um, at the time of COVID, um, I got to work patrol which was fun. And uh, one of the funniest (laughs) calls I went on during COVID was a disturbance call, um, a family disturbance. And um, so they're basically seeing that their teenage son, even though he's like 19, uh, was kind of tearing up the house or whatever and just being an asshole. And so I go there and my cover is uh, one of the school resource officers who's like 50 something years old. Like she really doesn't want to be on patrol. And so look at each other and go, how do we do this again? (laughs) Hey, Hey, I'm still fresh. I know what I'm doing. And so I go up and, you know, the kid's already out there and he's like, hi, very calm and, you know, respectful and stuff. And so he's telling the story is like, yeah, I was, I was getting mad because my girlfriend, I told her to leave the house and she wouldn't leave. And he's like, I just wanted her to go. We were breaking up and um, my parents were freaking out because they thought that I was the aggressor. I was the one starting the fight when I was just telling her to leave. And I was trying to leave. I was trying to go to my room and she kept blocking me from going to my room. And, and so I decided to yeet the situation (laughs) and it was funny because when he said that the, uh, SRO, she looks at me and she's like, I don't know what that means. And I was like, (laughs) I just, it took everything within me to not laugh, but (laughs) (laughs) right. I was like, I'll explain it later. And so I told, I was like, go ahead. And he's like, I put a box over her head and walked away. So he put a cardboard box over his girlfriend's head to yeet the situation and and get her to shut up. And then that's when his family like freaked out on him and like called the cops on him. And I think that's like a good idea, like for my kids, right? Like if they just won't shut up, I'll just put a box on their head, right? I was like, that this kid's a genius. Like <laughs> I wish I could do that with every person that annoyed me on a call or wouldn't stop talking, just like grab a box and just put it on top of their head and walk away, eat and <laughs> just walk off. Yeah. Wow. So think- that was that was closed um, with no report taken because that nice. was outstanding. And, and yeah, it sounds so like domestic battery. It sounds like domestic battery to me. I would have taken him to jail. Just saying. Oh right. <laughs> just kidding. No, the pandemic definitely changed. I remember, especially for me, being on traffic enforcement. They were telling us not to make traffic stops. So literally, we were all just like wait for a crash to happen, 
And so that I think that lasted for like a week or two. And then we all were just like, fuck it, we're tired of doing nothing. And so we'd go out and make traffic stops. And I'll, the one thing they did let us do is that they didn't have to sign the their citations anymore. And fortunately so far, that's, that's kind of rolled into our kind of current standing policy. So before we, because we have the electronic ticket writers, and so you'd have to hand it over to them. They would sign and then they would input their phone number. And so now we can just go up and give them the citation, no signature and no phone number. So hopefully we'll keep that going. But I'll never forget there was this lady as I was walking up and I could just like hear her coughing. And that was back in the pandemic where you didn't know like how serious it was. And I just like stood at the back of her car and I was like, slow down, you're going too fast. And like got back in my car and like took off <laughs> thinking I freaking out. I called my sergeant. I'm like, hey, I think I just got exposed. Like, what do we do? <laughs> kind of thing. So I'm, those first yeah, few we... months of like just figuring out what the fuck to do. And then dispatch, I could hear like the patrol guys always asking dispatch, like, you know, any PP or PPE alerts and all that kind of nonsense and all that shit. And me being on traffic, I was like, oh, fucking thank God I don't have to go in anybody's house. So that was yeah. weird. See, I didn't have that luxury being a detective because um, death investigations or whatever, I had immediately had to go in and they're like, make sure you put your PPE on and gloves and don't touch anything. It's like, well, then how am I going to investigate this? Right. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me during the pandemic was we dealt with a lot more, uh, unfortunately, of like mental health calls and stuff because people were kind of trapped in their situations. They were stuck at home, like with their abuser, which would suck or or people were lonely and they couldn't go out. You know, some guys, maybe their only outlet was going down to the restaurant or going to the bar to meet with their friends. So so we dealt with a lot of mental health situations. And unfortunately, we had a lot of like check on the welfares where you know, you go and you show up and mail's piled up and, you know, you're thinking the worst. And one that really stands out and uh, not trying to make light of the situation because I know the guy's, you know, family probably was really upset, but we got a call from a neighbor. Like, hey, we haven't seen Bob for, uh, you know, a month. And I, th- I think his power shut off. I'm like, oh God, okay. There's a bunch of newspapers piled up at the door. Right. So we go there and his windows are all blacked out. We're like, oh boy. But getting closer to the house, we're like, oh, his windows aren't blacked out. Those are flies. And so um, I checked the door and I'm like, oh, it's unlocked. And I open it and I get hit with like the worst pungent. This was like the middle of summer. I get hit with the most pungent smell ever. And I've seen a lot of dead bodies and, you know, it's just part of the job. It's their parts at that point, you know, so usually you can brush it off. But this person had been here for a very long time and it was summer and, uh, the power had been turned off. So there was no AC. So the flies and the rats and everything had pretty much had their way with this person. And he had become part of the furniture that he was sitting in mm-hmm. when, when he passed away. And uh, my partner who was with me is a sympathetic puker and he cannot <laughs> do any, oh, that's good to know about you. Uh, but he cannot like hear somebody puke. He can't see and he can't handle bad smells. So as soon as like that opened, he's like, I'm like, dude, we got to clear this house. Like make sure that nobody's in here. And he's like, I can't do it. I'm like, dude, you're doing it. Let's go. So we go in. And of course, for some reason, when everybody dies, they always poop themselves or all over their house or one or the other. Like it just always happens. And so we're stepping in poop as we go through the house and he's behind me barfing as we're walking through and he's making it worse. So I want to start throwing up. And then a fly lands in my mouth and it was one of the, nope. the flies that had been nope. on the, uh, on the body. And I mean, this, this body was basically oh. a skeleton at this point with uh, some strands of liquid still hanging on. And so anyway, the coroner gets there and uh, my partner's like, well, how are we going to get this body out? Cause he's like liquefied. And I was like, why don't you use a straw, bro? And, and he's like, bah! you know, you couldn't handle it. And, uh, and so we've always called the guy stew just because, uh, you know, he was basically soup when we got there, but, uh, when his head fell off, my partner couldn't handle that either. But anyway, that was, it was sad and I feel bad, but at the same time, you know, you get this dark sense of humor dealing with this stuff all the time. You have to you either laugh or cry about it. Right. And, so when I think about Stu, all I think about is my partner barfing all over himself. <laughs> you know, have the, an exact same story like that. Like to me, there's two very distinct smells in this job. 
there's marijuana and there's decomp. They smell like they're nothing else smells like those two things except for those two things. Like I'll never forget being at a window one time and like you just got that whiff and I'm like, oh, there's fuck somebody's dead inside this house. But similar oh, yeah. dec- um, when I was on patrol, got sent to this house on a welfare check one day. I mean, quintessential newspapers in the front neighbor hasn't seen him his car hasn't moved that kind of thing we go inside the house and i'm like why are there melted hershey's kisses all over the floor those aren't hershey's kisses those are piles of cat shit everywhere you look and so he was still alive at that time so fire loaded him up and took him and then fast forward a couple months down the road i got dispatched to i already knew the address as soon as i heard 704 come over there i'm like oh please god no why and so my brand new sergeant at the time jumped it. And I was like, oh, sucker. And so I started driving to the opposite end of my district. And I was still <laughs> fairly new at the time. So my conscience got the best of me. I'm like, I know he's going to be dead. It was my call. Like, I'm never like, like, if it's my call, like, I'm just because you showed up first on scene doesn't mean that you take the paper. Like, it's still my call. So I still stand by that. I stood back by then, regrettably now, because I'm trying to not throw up as I tell you guys a story. So I made a U-turn and started getting to the house. We get there and I'm like, why are the curtains moving? Oh, cause they're covered in billions of flies. We already knew he was going to be dead. I already called fire to come stage. Like we just knew we went inside and then same thing, Texas summer, he fell out of the bed, which was in the living room and literally melted and fused into the carpet. Yeah, we had to take uh, pieces of the furniture, cut furniture to take this guy out. No, so at the end, they took literally an X-Acto knife and just cut yeah. the carpet around and just lifted him up, attacked, like fused to the carpet. But I'm a, like, I can see gross things and hear gross things, but once the smell hits me, it's a wrap. And so, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you C- never forget that smell. Yes. CID showed up and he was like, Oh, you gotta, you gotta come in with me, you're primary. And so the trick on patrol was Vicks Vapor Rub. And I knew there was a mm-hmm. Walgreens around the corner. And so I went, I bought Vicks, I came back, suited up head to toe, I mean, booties and everything. And I'm literally just shoving Vicks mm-hmm. up my nose, like it's dripping down my face. I take two steps in the house and it just, it hits me like a ton of bricks where <laughs> I'm now running to the back door and like, pulling down my mask as I projectile vomit <laughs> into the backyard. And the Vicks made it so much worse. Cause it just like melted into your, like into your back of your throat. Like my airway is so open. I can burn. smell it all. <laughs> that was my last time ever using Vicks on a scene. That's awesome. Yeah. The, yeah. Cause you're not supposed to shove it up your nose like that. You just put it like right on, you know, the top of your lip or whatever. That's, that's the trick. Yeah. Yeah, less and less. But, yeah, for me, it was burnt blood. I'll never forget that smell, just like with all the suicides and um, that I've been on with with just that burnt blood smell from, you know, gunpowder mixed with the blood and everything. And it's it's yucky. But all right. So for our underrated bands of episode three, Straight Edge edition, Roger, what's your pick? I am going to choose Reign of Terror. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Reign of Terror, but he was a rapper went by the name of Twig. Um, he actually was a very good rapper. I enjoyed his album. The song Boozin' for a Bruisin' is my favorite straight edge rap song. I was today years old. You need to listen to it. <laughs> Same. If, if, you, if you haven't heard it, it's on Spotify. X, Reign of Terror X. He's really good. Nice. I'll have to maybe listen to that one day. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. All right. So, Carlos, what about you? I'm going to try and keep it South Florida for all of these picks. Uh, off the top, I'm going to go with Until the End. Uh, probably either Judas or Finger on the Trigger off of their self-titled, uh, their first album, Fucking Slaps. Nice. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with a band called uh, Over My Dead Body. They're from San Diego. They have... I think three, two or three albums and off their, their third album, uh, sink or swim, it's called the Kipax. That's a great song. So 
All right, well, guys. Well, on that well, note. Yeah, well, well, good. Uh, this might be a Halloween episode after all. Nightmares for everybody. So. Perfect segue into the <laughs> Halloween episode and yeah. around Thanksgiving. All right. Good talking to you. And we will see you guys on the next one. Right. Thank and you guys so much for has, listening. Yeah. And if anybody has any questions, any special requests, uh, anything you want to talk about or if we were wrong about something, please tell us. I mean, we'd love to hear it. Fact Just, check us, especially right. on Judge being the greatest hardcore band ever. Send it. <laughs> that's definitely a fact check. But anyways, that's for another episode. Yes. See you guys. Find us on Instagram at V or sorry, at uh, Puck Rock Cops. <laughs> Come and see oh, yes. vegan cops. <laughs> <laughs> awesome right. thank you guys see you right. see ya bye Stronger than 